want to be empowered with the Holy Spirit? Are you in need of an uplifting message? It's time for today's Uplift, encouraging words and biblical truths to help you find freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's a question I was going to text you guys earlier this week. And not that we have to talk about this because I won't be able to contribute at all. But was Adam forgiven? Yes. Oh, good one. And Phil was fast on the draw on that one. <laughs> yeah. Fast. Uh, well, Phil, what'd you say? I said yes. Oh, okay. All right. Now, why? Why? Because we had faith. How? Okay. Now, how do you know that? <laughs> Listen, you can't just say these things, Phil, and just throw them out there. Give us some scripture, buddy. Come on, tell us. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Look, Phil, I can I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that Adam's forgiven, but it's just because I feel like yeah. the Lord wanted to forgive him. Yeah. Right. So talk to us about that, man. Mm. Well, I gotta go, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I see. Throw tonight. <laughs> I'll, I'll throw, I can throw my two cents in there. You want me to throw my two cents in there? Yeah. Now listen. Now if there's a penny for your thoughts, right? But you're supposed to put your two cents in. Where's the other penny come from? That's <laughs> not the topic for tonight. That's not. So here's the thing. So I do think I do think Adam and Eve were both forgiven. Now here's now you got to follow me along on this though. So here we go. This is deep. This is well. <laughs> okay. So now you got to understand. There's no. I haven't found a scripture that just says like they're forgiven. Yeah. Right. Um, because we know, like, I mean, we know sin entered the world because of Adam and because of Eve. But we don't have anything that says they're forgiven. We do know that they followed their own way. They did the exact same thing that we all do when we all want to be forgiven. And we start working with our own hands. We figure we can work our way to God, right? So that's exactly what they did. They sewed their fig leaves together, right? And then God told them, now here's why I think they're forgiven. God told them that's not going to work. Mm -hmm. So God kills an innocent animal and places the skin on them. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's... That's the gospel, right? Something innocent has to die to cover your shame. Oh, atonement. Right? atonement. Atonement. There's atonement right there, right? Now, now how do we know that that's set in, right? Because now they understand the, the terrible part about sin. Now they understand they can't fix themselves like this is the way it is, right? So now how do we know? Okay, well, then you got to look at their children. Now the Lord, now listen, Adam and Eve had a bunch of kids. Right. They had lots of kids. Right. They lived to be 900 years old. Uh, so we have no idea at what point Eve would have gone into menopause. But we know they had many, many kids. OK, the Bible tells us they had lots of kids, but the Bible only focuses on three of them. <laughs> it focuses on Cain, Abel and Seth. OK. Well, and so, you know, so people kind of ask that question, well, where'd Cain get his wife? Well, he married a sister. He married a relative, right? Because the, the thing is, they weren't the only three children that Adam and Eve had. Those are the only three that God's focused on as he reveals revelation to us, or as he reveals the redemption story. Well, why are those important? Well, because Abel is the righteous one. Now, how do we know he's the righteous one? Because of his faith. How do we know he had faith? Because of what he brought to, I believe it says it, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, it says and, it in Hebrews 11, actually. Yes, it does. He's mentioned in yeah. Hebrews 11 in the Hall of Faith yeah. that he brought an acceptable offering to right. the Lord. What did he bring? The same thing that God required. He took an innocent animal and killed it for the atonement of his sins. Cain doesn't do that. Mm. He brings the work of his hands what he grew out of the field. He wanted yeah. God to atone for his sins based on what he had done. And so God looks at him and says, no, that's not acceptable. And by the way, in the book of Jude, it warns us not to go in the way of Cain. Right. 
right? Don't go in the way of Cain. Why? Because that's the work of your own hands, thinking that's going to save you. Okay. I How did Abel know what to bring? And Cain knew what to bring too, by the way, because God told him, if you do what's right, am I not going to forgive you? Yeah. But he refused. Right. And so what happens is he ends up just becoming jealous. He just continues to do the wrong thing and he ends up killing his brother. How did Abel know what to bring? God had to have told him. I think Unless he looked at his parents. I think he looked at his parents. I think yeah. Adam and Eve told him what happened. Yeah. And they told him what happened and it clicked with Abel and he went, oh, God will not accept the work of our own hands. Yeah. And so. What do we know about what the Lord tells us? You know, revelation is progressive. <clears throat> if you believe what the Lord tells you is coming, then you're saved. You're going to be saved, right? Abraham was saved not because of the law, right? No one can be saved by the law. Abraham is saved because he's the father of faith, right? He believed what the Lord told him. What did the Lord tell him? Through you, Abraham, all nations will be blessed. I will give you a son, right? And so it's this redemption, right? Here comes this person, right? The same thing that was told to Eve. There's going to be a child born from you who's going to deliver you from the serpent. Ah, so if they believe what? That there's a child that will come to deliver them from the devil, and it's not going to be the work of their own hands, but he will cover their shame, with his death, they will be saved. God told them the entire gospel at the very beginning. Oh, yeah. Wow. So, so the reality is like the gospel has always been the same. So as long as people, and if you pay attention everywhere in scripture, what happens? It's always been about Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's always been about the Christ. Everyone keeps thinking, well, if the Jews would have followed the law, they would have been saved. Now, that's not true. Nowhere does God say that. The law was a representation of Christ. See, it was about following the Christ. If you see, God reveals more and more about this guy that's going to come. So as long as they looked forward to the cross, knowing that that was going to be the event, they'd be saved. We do the same thing is that we look back to the cross. Right. But it's always about the cross. Mm. Right. So I think I think Adam and Eve were forgiven because I think they probably told. And of course, I'm speculating. But I think they probably told Abel, which is how he knew what to offer. They probably told Cain as well, but Cain refused. Mm -hmm. And so why do we focus on those? Abel is literally the first death in humanity. Cain is literally the first murderer. Hmm. Never and, saw Seth, that before. and Seth is the replacement. Yeah. And he from Seth comes the line, the lineage of Christ, where Christ is going to come from. Those three are extremely important. Interesting. Atonement. That's what I took from that. Yeah. Atonement. So God heard... told the, he's, he's always told the gospel to people. And, and what we're supposed to believe is as much as he's told us, you're supposed to believe in that. And then you'll be saved. It's always been about faith. That's why Paul told mm -hmm. the Galatians, how was Abraham saved? Was it by the law? No, the law wasn't around. It was by faith. He believed, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Mm -hmm. We do the same thing. It's always been the same. God's always only had one plan. That's pretty good. That'll preach, and it just did. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. If faith is more powerful than what we give it credit for. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it sure is. I mean, when Jesus told us we could say that this mountain uproot yourself and be thrown into the sea, then it can be done. Yeah. Because of faith. Yeah. And, and our unbelief gets in the way. Uh, yeah. 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 Absolutely. And that's the problem. And that's the problem in salvation, right? We keep, we have this problem. We keep going back to Cain. Right. Think about every single person. Think about think about all the other religions of the world. What are they doing? They're doing the same thing Cain does. They're just they're trying. They're trying so hard to work to God. And yep. God cannot accept that work because a corrupt work cannot become clean. 
Mm, it will right. only always be corrupt. Right. So you have to accept God's work that he did for you so that it will be a perfect, clean work. And so, but that to us, that, that is foolishness, right? So foolishness of the cross that saves us. And we go, oh man, I can't do that. That just seems too easy. Or that seems like God is so nice, so gracious. Hallelujah. <laughs> He's gracious. Yeah. Don't fight it, right? Accept yeah, right. God's grace. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Okay, now that you're on a roll, Robert, here's my next question. And I thought <laughs> this is I was listening to the book of Exodus this week while I was walking. And, and it was this really interesting like narration that was done. It's on YouTube and and, it, and it's I don't know. I don't know who did it, but it's it's a narration of, you know, of it. It's actually pretty good. But why did God want to kill Moses at one point and, and explain how he was atoned for or the what was it the woman the woman uh, you guys are gonna have to explain it because i listened to it i didn't really understand what they were talking about so why number one why did god want to kill moses and number two how was he atoned for by the woman uh, i remember i think the event you're talking about but yeah Bill, you, got, you got a thought on that one it is it exodus 21 it's it's right in there somewhere. It's right in there. So it's right in there somewhere. And yeah. and I was I was Very listening. Brilliant. Yeah. And, and and basically, I think what it was was it was a thing where uh, Moses just kept you know he kept you know God I'm not worthy I can't do this I I'm not a good speaker like you don't really want me you know all this and and I think at some point in there that God got so frustrated with him that he 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 reached a point where it, it was said that in this translation and that it was narrated that he got so frustrated that he he had planned to kill Moses oh. and, well now there's a now there's a situation with his calling where Moses gives excuse after excuse after excuse and God finally kind of has enough and has yeah. to come discipline but it but the the event where that i remember where god says he's going to he's he's literally like somehow they know god's coming because he's like coming to kill him right is where he doesn't circumcise his his yeah, sons that's what it is that's what it is aura yeah uh is his wife right i i did get that right uh zipporah the ethiopian yes she circ she quickly circumcises her sons and throws the force the foreskins at him and says, "You are a man of blood to me, or whatever." Right? Like, hey, why would you do that? Right? And uh, and so yeah, so I, I think that's that's the only event I can think of where it's clear where God is coming to end him, right? Like He's coming to take care of this. I believe that's right. So why why was it why was it that God wanted to to kill Moses because he didn't he didn't uh, circumcise his sons? Okay, so is that are you all right i'm gonna i can only take a crack at that because i don't have a great explanation for this yeah I, th I think some of this has to do with the fact that i'm not jewish yeah so as a gentile to me this seems very strange right because like because like my you know in the hospitals they like circumcise their children right we circumcise our, our sons all the time now as a health reason yeah Right. So my son, my son was circumcised. Right? I just told something very intimate about my son. So if he's ever listening, <laughs> he's gonna like, oh, no, dad, everybody's going to know. Well, OK, well, almost every guy I know is circumcised <laughs> unless you're born at home and you don't have that issue. But but uh, but, you know, I wasn't like, wait, I wasn't like telling the doctors, yeah, we got to circumcise him really quick because if we don't circumcise my son, like God's coming to kill me. Well, this was definitely, though, I, again, I think all these things have to relate to things of faith. And the, the thing about the circumcision was that it was a sign of covenant, on this everlasting covenant. Yeah. And so there's something going on. Like, I, I haven't read that scripture in a very long time. But there's something going on, I think, with Moses's obedience here. Where he's. 
where this is like a choice. He he's he's making a choice against the Lord. And I, I think that this is a, a situation. Right? Because what's happening is Zipporah is not supposed to be the one that does this. Like the fact that she takes this on is like kind of out of place. Right. And, and think about this this kind of off topic, but think about the scariness of this, right? These young men, well, what would you do if your mother came at you with a knife? Yeah. She's like, okay, I'm gonna cut this off of you. And they're like, Well, what? You're gonna do what? <laughs> Wait, what are you, what are you doing, Mom? I like, hold on, time out, right? Actually, like, took at some point you're like, wait a second, right? So there's something going on here where you know you're supposed to circum they were supposed to circumcise the men eight days mm -hmm. after they were born. Do you know why that is? Um, no, you, you tell born, me, tell me why that is. When you are born, you, you get your blood from your mom, okay, through the placenta, and it slowly wanes until the eighth day when you start essentially your body starts making blood of its own. So mm. you have the least amount of blood in your body on the eighth day. And then your body starts making it on, on its own. Wow. Yeah. Really? So that's why it was less blood loss on the eighth day. Wow. Yeah. Now, that's, interesting. that's what I heard from a Jewish person many years ago. I don't know if it's true or not. I'm going by Jewish tradition here. So, yeah. Now I haven't, I haven't studied this myself as to why it's the eighth day. Now I will say there is significance with the number eight as well. Oh, sure. Yeah. Eight, eight is like the number of new beginnings, right? Yeah. And so this, right. this covenant on the eighth day would be almost a symbol. It's almost like the same thing as like, uh, you know, we would talk about being born again, right? The covenant represents who your allegiance with. So like today we baptize you, right? Okay. That's a circumcision. It's a, it's an, it's an outward sign. Mm -hmm. of your allegiance all right and who you belong to right well that it just so happens that this was the sign it was the the covenant so for for moses not to do this and i don't know how old his sons were do we remember how old his sons were but they were way past the eighth day weren't they oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah like so god so god clearly offered grace here for quite some time right like yeah. why are your sons unless was this was after his calling he just he just wasn't following the traditions of his father wasn't following the traditions of of his people wasn't following that covenant he wasn't believing god i mean he tells him put your hand in your cloak he pulls it out it's got leprosy put it back in leprosy's gone he says now go to egypt tell pharaoh i will take your firstborn son if you don't let my firstborn son israel go yeah he go. just showed him what he can do put your staff on the ground becomes a snake now go tell Pharaoh. Oh, send somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> on the heels know, of that, you know, I think that's a good question. We should pose that one to our listeners. Yeah. And if somebody has a great idea about that or have done more study on that, that that's the question. Why? Why would God react this way or respond this way? God doesn't ever really react. Why would He respond this way to Moses? I looked. I looked up one article, and and they said that because. The covenant with Abraham was that God made the covenant with Abraham that all Jewish males shall be circumcised. And basically, Moses broke the covenant, and he his and his role was to go and save the circumcised, uh, you know, Hebrews, Jewish people. Phil, Phil will have to clear that one up for me. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Israelites, yeah, to save to save them. Yeah, from the Egypt, the uncircumcised Egyptians. Yeah, and and hmm. so basically, he broke it. What happened was he broke the covenant of Abraham. But it's interesting that his wife, essentially, made the atonement by the flesh of their sons. Yeah, and said, "You are a a bridegroom by blood to me." I believe is what she said. Yeah, which is very prophetic yeah yeah of christ coming um yeah and she did it with a flint yeah <laughs> yeah I, yeah I that's another know. thing right like hey mom what you doing with that piece of flint yeah, yeah. <laughs> like come on come on man it makes you squirm in your seat a little yeah uh -huh. that, 
when guys read this part of the Bible, this this is not this is not one of those fun parts that we read about. This makes us yeah. Oh, wait a second, this is this ain't right. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're doing what? Yep. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so this is but this was definitely a sign of faith, right? This is this is how they were to express their faith by not ex by not doing this, certainly going against that. Right. So. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Now, of course, he, you know, again, he's he's addressing all these things. But yeah, so I think it's definitely going against that in some way, some sort of disobedience. In this sense, I guess his wife would be showing more faith. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So since we're throwing questions out to one another, I've got one that I had today. Um, reading Genesis 1. And the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. What? Where'd the water come from? He said, let there be light. But, you know, I think I just got the answer. We have to go back. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Yeah. So he created it. And now his spirit's hovering over the waters. Yeah. It was Big Bang theory, Phil. <laughs> That's what they taught us in school. Yeah, well, yeah, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was sarcasm 101. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't believe them. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting. The Hebrew con there's a Hebrew concept there too, the uh where it says, okay, so like, like God created the heavens and the earth. And then if you notice, he then he starts giving order to the universe. Like he starts mm. ordering it. Yeah, there you go. Right. Yeah. So so when you when you read that scripture, it says, and so he, you know, in the beginning, let me just read it right here real quick. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If we just stop right there, we know yeah. okay, he created the heavens and the right. earth, right? And then it says, Now the earth was chaos and waste. Mm -hmm. Now the earth uh, right, and so. And, and then it talks about the spirits uh, going, hovering over the deep, right? Okay, so so it's interesting that that term, to, it's tohu ibohu. It's what? It's called tohu. It, in Hebrew, it's tohu ibohu. It's actually a very common Jewish phrase that, that was like a, a chaos idea. Because in the Hebrew mind, it was like, hey, if there was, how can you conceptualize nothing? Right. Is it possible to conceptualize nothing? Right? <laughs> and so if nothing is there, there shouldn't be a concept. Right. And so and so you have this issue of that when if nothing was there, then it's kind of chaotic. But what's happening? So God calls it into existence and then he creates order because the lack of order is chaos. Mm. So that term tohu ibohu, that term of. Um, and formless and void it was formless and void right so it was it was lacking substance and it didn't have shape to it and so he orders it and so what it shows is god's organization of creation not not only his calling it into existence but then his ordering of it and then he, he does it by the day right like yeah even having to create the day what well, he gives us a he gives us time frame right he creates time while doing it right mm -hmm. And so like, so he orders the universe in that way. And, and then, so therefore you go from chaos to order. Hmm. And he, so he orchestrates it. Interestingly enough, when Jerusalem is destroyed, Jeremiah writes the same phrase in his lament. It's formless and void. Mm -hmm. he's, looking wow. over, he's looking over Jerusalem and it is so, it has been so uh, destroyed by Babylon that it just breaks his heart and he says it's it has no shape to it it's empty it's it's it, it it creates this chaos like this chaos mentality like there's just no order to it anymore mm -hmm. and so yeah just a total destruction so he uses that same phrase there as well but yeah so you know very interesting so yeah i mean obviously the spirit's hovering over something he already created <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I asked that question. I, I had that question this morning as I read it. And then as I'm presenting it to you guys, the Lord speaking to me, I created the heavens and the earth. 
Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. That's right. So sometimes we get an answer that quickly. And well, it wasn't, that is, that's right. So it wasn't the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> my, my third grade science textbook was wrong. That was a great sitcom on television, but it is no more. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, your your textbook was wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's hilarious. Hey, here, here, you know, I remember growing up in public school and they taught the Big Bang Theory all those years. And and I didn't think about it until after I became a believer. And I became a believer and God had me read the scripture and I, yeah. I, started, I just I remember walking in a field by my house. And it's like God just dropped that on me, like, boom, how much of a lie that was. Mm. Just from reading the scripture and, and realizing what they're teaching. And I was like, man, this is like the biggest lie in the universe, man. This is this is like the, the massive lie that this is. And people just believe it. Like, they just accept it. And yeah. it's like, the uh, you know, the, the Satan has really put this one out there, not realizing. People don't realize the damage this is doing in our mindset. Yeah, you, you know, if you look at the Big Bang Theory, they say that two things came together and exploded. Where did those two things come from? Yeah, that's right. It makes no sense. Yeah. It, you can't have, like we were talking about, you can't conceptualize nothing. Yeah. You know. Yeah, so like there's these issues of like, like say all the things spinning faster and faster and faster. Yeah. Until eventually it gets so small, it explodes into everything. And it's like, okay, well, okay, who created the matter? Yeah. And then who created the energy? Who started the spin? Right. And then in the explosion, well, let's talk about some physics here. And it's amazing how much evolution just goes completely against science and they're okay with it. Like they just ignore scientific laws and, and, you know, the faith it takes to do this, by the way. Right? <laughs> but in physics, when things spin together, if you just have one thing spinning together and it explodes, guess which way, like if I, if I took a baseball and I just spun it on the ground and I took my shotgun out and blew it apart, guess which way all the pieces are going to spin? I don't know. We ought to do a, a uh, <laughs> experiment. This is the, the next YouTube video, guys. We're going to disprove Big Bang just by We're taking a shotgun. Busters. <laughs> yeah. Robert's going to videotape it, the Here experiment. we go. Blam. Yeah. There we go. God's real. Yeah, Robert will videotape. Dad, you shoot the gun. I'll be the color commentary. There you go. Well, what happens is physics tells us that everything spins the same direction when it's flying off in pieces. The problem is our universe isn't doing that. Hmm. Things are spinning different directions. Even in our own solar system, we have two two planets. We have a planet that spins backwards. Mm -hmm. Right? There's a one, I think it's one of Jupiter's moons or something. It also spins the wrong way. It goes the wrong way. So, like, it's like, wait a second, what's this all about? And we have galaxies, other galaxies in the universe. Some of them are spinning the wrong way. Some of them are, are mm -hmm. uh, you know, spinning sideways even. Well, wait, wait a second, what's happening here? Right? And so, like, this is something's weird about this, right? So physics is actually telling us something else too, right? This is not, this cannot be correct. But they, you know, they're, so what happens is usually when these things are brought up, they just make up another theory or make up something to say, well, we'll, we'll explain this somehow. We'll, we'll figure this out. We had an episode of Uplift, I don't know when it was, a year, year and a half ago, where where God had revealed to me or God, God had asked me a simple rhetorical question. And he, it, uh, it was who created the honeybee and who created the elephant? Yeah. And it was like, it, and it was a response to uh, a, a, an acquaintance of mine that I went to school with. And he said that, you know, this was back when the whole Roe Ro versus Wade Supreme Court thing was going on last year, whenever it was. And, and there, you know, and, and he, he was like, oh, you know, a fetus is just a pile of cells until, you know, it's born, you know, and it's like, well, and, and I prayed about that. And I thought, you know, how do we respond to this stuff? You know, because obviously that's not what any of us believe, you know, the three of us, I'm sure. But I, you know, and I prayed about it. And God was like, well, who created the honeybee and who created the elephant or vice versa? And it's, and I thought about it and thought, I wonder what God means by that. Well, it's, it's simple. God determines what matter becomes what, you know, 
God determines what that pile of cells becomes. Nobody else does. No, yeah. Certainly no human hand does. Right. Chat GPT doesn't determine what what cells become what. You know, like you could ask it as many times as you want. It can't create matter, but God does, you know. Yeah, I heard a I heard a scientist say this once. He said, um, he said, you know, they keep looking for the missing link. He said the problem is that they're not just missing one link, they're missing all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like the problem, the problem is they don't have any of the links that they say exist. And because you have to have link after link after link after link, because you're saying evolution is happening where we're getting bigger and better. And so one thing produced into another thing has produced into another thing. You know, and it's like, well, wait a second. Well, what happened? Where'd all those links go? You can't even find one. Right. And so we have a serious problem with that. And so it's kind of like, wow, what's going on? And and I always I always encourage believers to like just check out Hebrews 11, three. Right. Because we were talking about faith tonight, right? This comes back to faith. And so this comes back to this faith issue. God tells us in Hebrews 11, 3, I think, I think that's, this was his answer. And I, if you don't mind, I'll, I'm going to read it. I yeah. think this was his answer to evolution. Right? And it, there's another scripture in 1 Peter as well. But this one, to me, because this is, this is what's so important, is, is the faith issue. God has the reason that we question these things because he's left room for us to believe. But it wasn't to create a whole nother theory of how things were created. Mm. It was for us to believe in his power and miraculous ability. Because if you can't believe that, you can't believe he, that he exists and you can't believe that he created all things. How are you ever going to believe enough to be saved? Mm. Right. And so. So we have a serious problem here, right? Yeah. And so, and so what's, what's going on is, see, the devil knew what he was doing. He started attacking Genesis. He didn't, he didn't, attack, he didn't attack the gospel. He attacked Genesis. Because mm -hmm. if nobody believes in God creating in the first place, then you can't believe anything else. And so he attacked the foundation. And so in, in Hebrews 11.3, this is what God says. Now, listen, Hebrews 11.3 is all about what? Faith, mm -hmm. right? The Lord tells us in Hebrews eleven six, 6, you can't please him. It's impossible to please God without faith. And mm -hmm. listen to what God says about what he expects you to believe. Hebrews eleven three, 3, by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. So that what is seen did not come from anything visible. Wow. Is that not a scripture that goes directly against evolution? Yeah, and that was written. Absolutely. And that was written by Paul. Well, if we yes, I mean, right. So uh, if we assume that Paul wrote Hebrews, yeah, which we kind of that's kind of the traditional thought, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, right? I mean, this is written how many years ago before evolution was even thought about? Right, two thousand yeah. years ago. Well, yeah, because you know what, the Word of God's inspired. God's already addressing issues that's happening in our world, and He addressed it already. Wow. So you mean you mean to tell me, Robert, you mean to tell me that my third grade textbook could have been replaced just by Hebrews chapter 11? Exactly. It just it, it could have been condensed into one paragraph. Listen, you know what we need to do instead of instead of uh, giving our kids a science textbook that's showing all this evolution stuff. We can either take all the evolution out or just introduce Genesis. Yeah. <laughs> just to show them how it happened. There you go. The problem, is that, the problem is that your third grade textbook was written by Cain. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, think about this. Think about this. We have people, we mentality, people, right? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. We have people who are believing a theory, right? So think about what's happening. These textbooks are wanting you to believe a theory that they have by faith. Yeah. But in the same way, want to outlaw faith. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're trying to convince you that evolution is science and not faith-based. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not actually true. There's, there's actually a zero. And I've studied this, and I'll be glad one day, if anybody ever really has strong questions about evolution, I'll be glad to discuss this with anybody, because I've actually studied this on my own and realized there's, there's zero evidence for evolution out there, man. Yeah. It's just the biggest lie going and and yet everybody thinks it's science that it's that it's on a different level than the bible 
and it and it's like uh no no i'm sorry this is all they just believe in this stuff man it's 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 tragic what's happening you know and you're absolutely right robert and you know what one of the biggest proponents of or one of the biggest causes i should say of people believing that is religion no exactly yeah well and that's why it's called a religion yeah <laughs> i mean yeah, every bit of this. I mean, you're believing in a theory of creation. Yeah. If I put that anywhere else in society, what would we call it? Faith based, right? We would call that some sort of religion. You have a you have a theory of an ultimate reality of how things came to be and why we're here. So you're you're addressing why we're here, how we got here, what the purpose is. Right. And in and, and any other field, we call that religion. Yeah. But that's the religion that goes in the textbooks. Right. And so it's it's a very dangerous, dangerous situation. I mean, if we really think about it, and this is the scary part, we're all if you and what we're teaching our kids is to go in the way of humanism. Mm. Right. Because because humanism is this idea that we can solve our problems independently of God. Yeah. So what has happened is they said, let's remove God and then determine how we got here. Well, you can't. You can't remove God and determine that because God's the only one that knows. Right. <laughs> so, so you're removing the source of that information so you can come up with another idea. Right. Yeah. But the idea you came up with was evolution. Well, that's humanism. You removed God and you tried to come up with an, a, a theory independent of him that had that had that required no God. And uh, in my opinion, I don't, I don't believe that can happen. I think I think you end up with something faith based to begin with, because you you just end up with problems, all kinds of problems doing that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been an interesting Q&A tonight. Yeah, it has. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and Jim, our friend Jim Brim's not here, obviously, but if he were, he would be telling you. It, it, and I, I love Jim because he's like, he loves this topic. Like, probably Robert, like you and Jim could just sit for hours and talk about this stuff because you guys are both oh, in, yeah, sure. in tune with all this. But he would tell you to go to, I think it's a, there's a YouTube channel. I think it's called Answers in Genesis. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and that is a great resource for people to check out, you know, oh, if, yes. if you're asking questions about the dinosaurs and whatever, and I haven't watched all that stuff, but it's a, it's a great place if people are, are experiencing or questioning or having doubts or whatever about, you know, God and creation and, you know, everything right. that, that took place in, in the creation in the beginning Go to Answers in Genesis and watch some of their videos. Yeah, I love Answers in Genesis. It's actually where I get a lot of my information right there. Is it? Ken Ham. Ken Ham's the one that started Answers in Genesis. And he he's the one that points out the attack that's on the foundational book of the Bible, right? And, uh, and you know, one of the cool things about Answers in Genesis is they're probably leading the way in this as far as discussing this. And I love it because... You know, like you, you can look at me and you can say like all of our listeners or all of whoever's watching this, they could say, well, you're just a pastor. You, you don't have any degrees in science. <laughs> that's that's true. Fair enough. Yeah, Fair enough. I'll, I'll give you that one. Right. I don't. Um, but we don't need degrees in science to study science and find out what's real and what's not real. Right. But but don't take my word for it. Go to answers in Genesis because those are scientists. See, the, there's a lie that all scientists are atheists or evolutionists, and they're not. There's a, there's a lot of scientists that are moving away from evolution because it's just not fitting the bill. It's not actually science. And so, uh, and so Ken Ham has a lot of those on there. He actually shows a lot of scientists and, and discuss just about every topic in science, as far as I know, mm -hmm. and, and shows the truth of creation. It's really powerful. That's awesome. We should have Jim Brem on some night and uh, have him and Robert talk about this. That would be great. That's right. You know what we'll do, Phil? Like the next time, like you and I both need to be off for a night, we'll just have ah, Jim there you and go. Robert. And it'll, it'll be a three right. hour, it'll be a three hour special, you know, like. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, and we could talk about all every subject, right? From the theory of creation to what happened to dinosaurs to 
You know, why Why wasn't it dangerous for Cain to marry his sister? But boy, I better not marry my sister today, right? Like yeah. <laughs> every topic is in there, right? Like it's, <laughs> there's reasons for all of that. And God gives us all of those reasons. So it's it's very yep. good. So yeah, it was funny. We we Phil was off one time and in, in uh I think it was Phil or maybe it was Ian. One of either one of you were off on, on a Sunday morning and, and needed uh someone to fill fill the pulpit and Jim filled the pulpit and that's what he talked about. And it was great because oh, yeah. he basically just held up this Bible and he said, If you don't believe this book, you don't believe in anything. And it was it was <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. that was good. Yeah, that's right. And he had some other choice language in there, which, you know, was, was pretty awesome. Uh, <laughs> you know, but it, it, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty to the point, straight directed to the point, but yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you know, yeah. our faith is based on it. And, and you know, it's like, uh, number one, the, the, like we were alluded to Robert, the, the, the proof is out there. The proof yeah. is there that, that everything in in the bible everything in god's word it came true all the prophecies about jesus came true every everything that was written in the bible was in some way in some shape or form it was proven to be true and oh, oh, yeah that, that it's the core of our uh, it's the core of our faith and you know there there's so many miracles that have taken place uh all throughout documented all throughout history you know from the book of Acts till uh, 15 minutes ago or 15 seconds ago, there are documented uh, cases of miracles and things that have happened that are documented that are absolutely uh, of God. And, yeah. you know, this is what we base our faith on, you know, and, and those, those things that have happened and the things that were created by God and the miracles that just happened five seconds ago somewhere around this world, it's from God. And this is what we base our faith on because he's a living God. Yes. The beautiful part about that, he's a living God. Mm -hmm. Only yeah. something yeah. living can produce something living, right? Yeah. Living God. Well, I got to read this scripture because this is powerful. This is another revolution scripture that God is addressing, but this is a warning to us. It's kind of like end times, right? That God warns us that this is what it's going to look like in end times. Of course, we know we're there. And in one sense that we are in end times with regard to what Peter told us and, uh, you know, that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, right? That this is a sign of the end. But uh, but listen to what Peter says in 2 Peter 3, 5. I'm going to read a little bit more than that. But he says, first of all, also understand that in the last days, scoffers will come scoffing, which I, I, I always like that scripture because it sounds like, I mean, what else would they do? Scoffers, that's what they do. They scoff. So the <laughs> scoffers come scoffing, following after their own desires and saying, and tell me if this is not what our world is saying today, saying, where is the promise of his coming? Ever since the fathers died, everything goes on just as it has from the beginning of creation. Right? What is what is evolution's ploy? Everything remains the same. Right? Why is carbon dating a problem? Because they assume that carbon dating always leaves at the same rate and it's always done so forever. They never take into account catastrophes or they never take into account changes, drastic changes, right? And so one of the things that Peter says, uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, everything goes on from the, the same from the beginning of creation. For in holding to this idea, it escapes their notice that the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God. Though these, the world of that time was destroyed by being flooded with water. Hmm. So what Peter is basically saying is the reason that they think the earth is so old, the reason they think it just keeps going the same way it always has is because they're ignorant of the flood mm -hmm. and they have decided pridefully in their heart. Well, God, you said you were coming. Where are you? And so there's this, this thought and this, this spirit about them that is like, well, God said he would do this. It's not going to happen. It's not going to ever happen because this is the way things have always been, right? 
And so, uh, and so Peter warns us, you know, the reason we think that is because we're ignorant of the flood happening, that this catastrophe happened all over the world and it has made the earth look older than what it actually is. Yeah. Yeah. But one cool thing was that Phil did his uh, Bible time recently and it said, don't worry about the end of the age. Hmm. Just, just do your thing focus on your relationship with yeah Jesus. yeah just focus on your relationship with god when the time comes if we're here you'll know you'll know what to do that's it until then just focus on your relationship with jesus because we don't know when it's going to come that's right and and phil believes it's going to be in his lifetime because i hacked into his 401k account and i found out what his 401k plan his retirement <laughs> plan is there was a picture of a chariot I was going to say, I was going to say, so it it said, waiting on the rapture. (laughs) It was just a picture. It was a picture of Elijah and Phil riding together in a chariot. (laughs) That's great. And there was a dollar 99 in his retirement account. Oh, nice. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Who's going to, who's going to need that? The Lord's coming. Hey, Moses didn't have a retirement account, right? That's right. Neither did Elijah. He just handed he handed what was it his cloak or you know he handed his cloak to Elisha and, yeah, to and that was it. Yeah, yeah, Jesus Jesus had to go in debt for a grave. He had to give it back when he used it after he used it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, guys, we need to probably cut this short. We've been going for almost an hour now. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know what? It's been good. But it, I think we could keep going too. But uh, well, know, it was it, it was fun. Didn't it was, did it. Right. This yeah. was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, we took questions from each other tonight. You guys can send us questions too. And we'll give them all to Chad and let him answer them all. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And I'm just going to quickly hand the baton off <laughs> to one of these guys above and below me. Because <laughs> Robert is one dissertation short of a doctoral degree <laughs> in in the ministry, whatever, whatever. What what would your doctoral degree have been in theology? Some I sort of fancy. I would have had a doctor of ministry. Yes, I am. Right. I am. Uh, I am the uh, most educated non-degree person you're going to meet. <laughs> I am. I am. Uh, I am one test away from get, having an EDD, and I'm really. Uh, I'm one class away from having a, a doctor of ministry. Wow. What's holding you yeah. back? <laughs> well, that's a good, a lot of it has to do with money. Okay. I go as far as I can go until there's no more money there. Right. Yeah. And so then it's kind of like, well, uh, but the, the doctor of ministry, I just, I, I actually wrote out the paper and then went to the place of, they, they told me there wasn't enough. And so I think I, I would have needed to start over with a whole nother, mm. whole nother, you know, uh, 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 le- or not lesson, but a ministry project, which is very involved. So I just haven't, I haven't actually contacted them to go, Hey, I'm ready to start a new one now. Right. Like that one's, uh, that one takes a while. So I just haven't done that. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm not even sure. Like if, if the Lord's even leading me to that, I was kind of doing that to, mm. I think that was more myself than anything. So mm-hmm. you play the role of Cain. You were playing the role of Cain. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Just kidding. Yeah. I can relate to yeah. that. Yeah. I, Cause I, I think my dream was I'm going to be a professor in college and I don't know that that's actually God's dream for me. Mm. Right. So uh, that might be all me. So, uh, you know, God's leading me to do different things. Yeah. He knows best. He knows best. Yes. Yes, he does. This was a lot of fun today. But, yeah, send in your questions. I was going to say, if he's leading you to send in a question, send it in to us. We That's, right. That's because, right. Because Robert, he's a he's a fancy college professor wannabe, and Phil has the Bible memorized. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and we were stumped with the question. Why does yeah, she yeah. cut off foreskins? That's the question. <laughs> Why yeah. is God coming to kill? That's a great question. So, so send in your answers. We we'd love to hear those because 
The next episode, we're just going to fire the questions out and let the viewers <laughs> on the answers. That's right. That's right. Uh, so come, we will. The three of us will come prepared with the questions. Yeah. That's all awesome. right, guys. We got to do this live and take questions from viewers. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. That'd be that'd great. Be great. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. We should do I'll that. Tell you, I'll tell you what would be great. I'll tell you what would be great is if we could all get together in person one day. Yeah. And do this in person and have an audience and yeah. just take just take questions. Just every everything's on the table. You can just ask whatever you want. Anything that's ever had an issue with you in the scripture, we'll just take it all, right? Well, I not would saying say we're not gonna not saying we're gonna know the answer, but we're saying you can ask the question. <laughs> <laughs> I would say Chad, let's get in the car and drive to South Carolina, but uh not with these storms. Uh we're gonna wait till they're oh, over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will tell you, Phil, a perfect time to go to South Carolina is late February when it's snowing in Ohio and it's about go. 75 degrees in South Carolina and stuff's right. green. That's right. Yeah. Well, if so you want that. to come to Ohio and see some snow, I know you've seen it in the past, but we will we will get together and we'll do that. Yeah. Man, I'm just not feeling the leading to come see snow. I think that's uh... <laughs> come before November then. <laughs> I'm just gonna believe snow is part of the fallen world. Like uh, it's just it's just what happens when we've sinned, you know, snow falls from the sky at that point. It's <laughs> that was always my joke about Cleveland, that that's God's way of just covering it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awful. That's awful. Oh man, that's oh, terrible. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> to be to be fair, it might be the state of Iowa. I don't know. He <laughs> just yeah. he's just covering the shame. Cover the shame. Yeah, Phil, Phil Phil's going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great place to edit right here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's where I say, okay, guys, good night. Yeah. yeah good night. Right <laughs> All right. Well, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, let's get together and do it again next week. Let's do. That's it. All right. All right. We'll see you all.